What I'm trying to illustrate to all of you through these discussions is um, your mediumship is directly affected only by this soul condition thing. That's what it's affected by. There are, there are really no other effects. And so it, it's really important to change your soul condition. Now that being said, I'm not saying that those people who are mediums or good mediums automatically have good soul condition. But what it does mean is that they have certain characteristics and properties inside of themselves which allow them to step back from what they're getting. Now what I'm suggesting for you to become is not a medium who steps back from what you're getting in the long term. In the end, what I would like, would like to see, and every one of you I think would like to be, is that you'd be fully connected to all of your own emotions and you're able to channel any single person in the spirit world. That would be the most ideal situation. But what often happens to us is that if, even if we are a clear medium, we often have some things going on inside of us that prevent accurate transmission of information. So some of us step back and we get quite clear messages, written messages perhaps that are quite clear, but because there are our own emotions inside of these messages, the information isn't accurate. It's not exactly what the Spirit would say. Now, of course, it's easier, much, much easier to, to actually accurately connect to a spirit who's lower than ourselves in soul condition if we are a clear medium. Now, clear medium in, in this definition that I'm using at the moment is where you actually have no, none of your intellectual interference causing you to stop from writing accurately. Bear in mind that there is no such thing as no emotional interference if you have emotional injuries. But you can actually get into the state where you're not um, focused on what the outcome is while you're writing it. Right? Now, if you're in that state where you're not focused on what the outcome is while you're writing the message, and you don't have very little, you have very little intellectual interference with what's going on, you will often receive a clear message from a person who's of your condition or lower than your condition but you still will not be accurately transmitting anything that you have an emotional injury about. So, to give you an example of that, if a male comes to you and you have emotional injuries as a woman about the male, he will actually certainly be able to transmit words to you if you are stepping back from your own usage of words, he will be able to transmit words to you that he can use to describe his emotions. But because you have anger issues with a man, you are not even going to get all of those words accurate and you are certainly not going to be able to accurately feel his emotions. Right? Now, if you're a woman who's had lots of angry men in your life, you'll probably be able to very accurately transmit this angry man, if there's an angry man coming to you, to talk. But if you're a woman who's, not, who's had lots of angry men in your life and you've never had many men in your life that have been gentle and kind and understanding and loving, if a gentle and kind and understanding and loving man comes to you, you will barely even notice that he's gentle or kind or loving or understanding. Does that make sense? Because of these emotions that are going on inside of you. So this is why dealing with your emotions is such an important part of mediumship. And it's also why most mediums get things wrong under certain circumstances and situations. 
And what we want to do in this process is get to the point, for those of you who want to develop your mediumship, get to the point where we don't have all of these things stopping or blocking us from feeling the emotions of the spirits with us. Now the reason why we don't want that is that if we're going to help anybody, people or spirits, we need to feel their emotions. Can you see that? You need to feel the emotions of a person before you can actually assist them. Because otherwise all you're getting from them is words. And words can mean lots of different things, can't they? Now, I can say the words, you are very fearful to a person. And some of you will receive that like, oh yeah, I know I'm very fearful. Other ones will receive it, what is he talking about? I'm not afraid of anything. You know, like in an anger response. Do you see what I'm saying? Just by your own emotions. Just, I can say those words without any emotion at all and yet you will have an emotional response. So where does that emotional response come from? It comes from within you. And that's the emotion that we need to release if we're going to actually clearly transmit things that are coming from the spirit world. Because it's the emotions coming from them that we're feeling and we need to clearly interact with those emotions if we're going to help anybody. So later on in our sessions we'll be doing some channeling where we're actually trying to help some spirits. And before we get to that point we want to start dealing with some of our emotions about fears that we have and, and anger that we have with opposite gender in particular. So if I'm a woman with lots of anger with men, do you think a man who needs, my, who needs help is going to want to come to me and talk to me? I might be the brightest, the brightest person on earth aside from this issue of anger with men. That might be my last issue that I've ever had to deal with in my life right before I become at one with God. But the spirit still won't want to come and talk to me, will he? Because all he's going to feel is that terrible rage and anger coming from you which is, makes it very, very difficult for him then to write what he's feeling through you. So if you let yourself work your way through those emotions, particularly about opposite and same gender, which is very much the emotions you need to work through to be at one with God anyway, and also the emotions you need to work through to be at one with your soulmate anyway, if you allow yourself to work through those emotions, you'll be much clearer. Also, you need to work through the emotions about what you feel about yourself, because as we've seen from your situation, Angela, it's so easy to close down this connection just by, oh, nice feeling about myself? No, no, that's not allowed, so close down connection. Or bad feeling about myself? No, that's not allowed, close down the connection. So there are many mediums on earth today who cannot hear a single word about themselves that's negative, what they define as negative. They can't hear a single word about it. So when you go to a medium like that and sit down with them and say, oh, did you realise you've got an emotion of this? They cannot hear a single word and the first thing they do is get angry. The Apostle John went to one medium in Western Australia while he was still alive. He sat down with her and she started saying all of these things. She started saying, oh, I'm connecting to uh, the angel, Archangel Gabriel and the Archangel Michael. And, and John's going, no, he's not. Like, Archangel, you know, because John can feel things just as well as she could. And, the Archangel Michael, he's over there, you know, and the Archangel, he's like they were in different places altogether than what the spirit she was connecting to. And so he said, oh, I would like to ask the Archangel Michael some questions then, if that's the case, right? And he starts asking these questions, and the spirit didn't want to answer any of them. 
And the reason why the Spirit didn't want to answer any of them because the Spirit wasn't that person. And instead, the Spirit imposed a huge anger upon the medium. And the medium got up and said, no, I'm not doing this session with you anymore. You can leave. She took John's money and told him to leave. And then as he's walking out, she gets a smudge stick and smudges all around the room like, to get John's bad energy out of the room. And, and all he wanted to do was just verify the, the medium, uh, the, sort of the connection between the medium and the, and the spirit who was talking through her, who, who was in fact a low first sphere spirit claiming to be the Archangel Michael that this lady had been connected to for 20 years or so. All right? Now, I've had another conversation with a, with a medium who believed, and I think I've mentioned this before, believed that she was talking to Gabriel and the Apostle Peter. And then after I questioned her about it, because I could feel these spirits were in the second sphere, not the first sphere, after questioning her about it, they admitted that they weren't those two people. I just said to him, ask them directly, are you the Archangel Michael and are you the Apostle Peter? And I knew because they were in the second sphere that they would feel they'd have to answer truthfully, which they did. And they said to her, no, we're not. And then I said to them, ask them why they allowed you to believe that. And so she did that and she said, and she said, they allowed me to believe it because I had a better connection with them while I believed it. And the reason why, one of the reasons why I knew was that she, these spirits were teaching her about reincarnation, which by the time usually spirits get to the fourth or fifth sphere, and certainly by the time they're in the celestial spheres, they don't believe in the way that people on earth believe in anymore. But so, if you went, if you went to a psychic and they said, you just about to start the session, you said, um, could you tell me a little bit about reincarnation? They could save you a whole lot of money and time. Yes, yeah you'll know straight away that the spirit they're connecting to is probably second sphere, probably second sphere or third sphere spirit. Um, and, and the majority of psychics fall into that category, of course. Yeah. Mary, uh, Mary did a bit of mediumship, uh, went to a medium recently, and it was very, very interesting. One of the things we were going to do is play some of it for you today, but uh, we decided on doing some other things. But um, one day we might play a bit of it, and I will actually make a commentary of what was going on between Mary, the questions she, Mary asked about myself, the medium, and the spirit who was with her, who was a male spirit in the second sphere, I believe. And, and what the spirit in the second sphere was actually feeling. Because what he was doing was he didn't actually look at Mary. What he did was he looked at Mary's spirit body. He was so used to doing this, he just looked at Mary's spirit body and saw emotional injury there, emotional injury there, emotional injury there good thing there, good thing there, good thing there, and he just related those things. He didn't even bother looking at anything coming from Mary's soul at all, because if he did, it immediately began to confuse him, right? And he didn't want to actually know anything about that at all. It confused him terribly, and I could feel, while I was listening to the channeling, I could feel his confusion. Now, his own medium couldn't feel his confusion. See, this is where if you become sensitive, you'll be able to feel the confusion of the spirit with you. You'll be able to feel what's going on in the interaction. You'll even know the reason why they're confused. In the case of this spirit, he was confused because he could feel that Mary had some kind of previous life 
related to the first century that he didn't want to relate to and that was the only previous life she had. He was also confused about a spirit that has been with Mary um, from the probably 1800s or something um, and he was confused about how these two things could be this in the same person, which of course they're not, but there was just a, a spirit around her. And so he was confused about a lot of issues, which he then tried to relate back to Mary through the medium. But the medium was in the state where she wouldn't listen to any of those things. That's my Mary's soul... It's my soulmate's mobile phone? <laughs> it's actually my mobile phone. <laughs> is it mine? Ah, oh, it is yours. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I left mine home. <laughs> Can we use the mic still? Because otherwise, um, otherwise we're going to um, have trouble getting these on tape. And AJ, was much of what the medium or the, the psychic saying to Mary accurate in, in, in any way at all, or was he way off the track? When the psychic, when the when the when the when the spirit, because it really is the mediumship itself, was had some clarity. But when the spirit was speaking about Mary's current emotions, he at times was accurate. But even then he couldn't clearly gauge those emotions because of his own injuries. Um, at other times he was quite inaccurate. When he talked about some of her personality traits, he was quite accurate. Because they're obvious in the spirit. Because they're quite obvious, yeah. And so it was easy for him to relate them. There's a whole set of stuff that he, he couldn't even relate to, so he didn't even mention any of it. Oh yeah, there were times when Mary's guys were trying to tell him what to say oh. and he refused point blank to actually say those things through his meeting, through his guide. So that tells you his arrogance. He had higher spirits relating to him things that they wanted to say to Mary, right? And he, the spirit himself, refused to say it through his medium. So could, could Mary have actually asked... The, the medium about her emotional um, challenges at the moment or about what her guides were like and what they were trying to Most do? Most mediums will not enter into a discussion with you about any of those things. Really? They'll, say, did, they'll say to you, did you come to me for help or not? <laughs> um, and many of you might have had that happen. How many of you have ever gone to a medium and questioned the medium? How many have actually done that? Uh, two. How many have been to mediums? Right. Can you see how many people have been to mediums versus how many people have actually questioned the medium? We didn't know what to ask them before. Exactly. So, so, so a lot of times we don't know, you see, and so what we do is we then assume that it must be truth coming from them or we're just patient and we go away and we say, oh, no, I don't know if that was right or I don't know if that was right, and we take things with a grain of salt, right? It is far better to know who you're talking to, isn't it? So when you go along to a medium, it's far better for you to know who that medium is talking to. Now, who the medium thinks they're talking to is totally different often than who they are talking to. Mm. Right? Because most of the time, anyone on the natural love path just says, oh, I, can, I want a connection with this person, I want a connection with this person, this person's a good medium, and bang, they make a connection, and the medium says, oh, this feels like... Archangel Gabriel, this feels like Jesus, this feels like Mary Magdalene, and so bang, they're in that state now, this spirit's Mary Magdalene, this spirit's Jesus, this spirit's Archangel Gabriel, this spirit's whoever. 
right? And yet they very often don't even know the emotional state of the spirit. Because you think about it. If I'm in a first fear state and the spirit's in a second fear state, does the spirit feel like it's more loving than me? Yes, it does. Right? So I've had spirits have to, like celestial spirits, have to relay one, two or even three times via someone to someone through, through a medium because the medium themselves are connecting to a guide or a so-called guide that's only in the second sphere and then the second sphere spirit then is in a humble enough place to hear the other channeled information from higher sphere spirits. Now that's a better situation than if the second sphere spirit's in this really proud and arrogant place I don't need to be told anything from anyone, thank you very much, sort of place, right? And just finishes up saying what he thinks or she thinks. So it's really good to know what's going on, but you will become more sensitive to that when you are more sensitive emotionally. You will know these things are happening. You will feel the interplay. You will even feel the different spirits present and the interplay between those spirits. So I went to one medium. Sorry, if it girls, but I'm just going to keep talking for a bit. I went to one medium... And we sat down with her and uh, she started talking and she started telling me how... Um, first she said correctly that one of the two of us who had gone to see her was, eating, were, was still eating meat. And, um, and it wasn't me, it was John. The Apostle John was with me. So he said, he said oh, he owned up. Oh, yeah, it's me actually. <laughs> and they said, well, you shouldn't be eating meat. And, and John said, well, what about fish? Now, fish is meat, right? Let me just explain that. But anyway, John asked that question. And this spirit goes off saying, no, that's okay. You know, you do need protein in your diet. Did it, did it, did it. And off they went, right? And then all of a sudden, there's this great big argument going, oh, hang on a sec. The medium says, my, my guy's having a big argument with somebody else. Big argument's going, can you, she, she said, can you be shut up? And, and then she swore at them. <laughs> so her condition, not very good, right? And then she says, and then she says, um, so she, she, yeah, can you please shut up? By the way, this medium is a very clear medium in the sense that she doesn't allow interference. So, so, she, she, so all of her emotions are not interfering. She's just explaining what's happening, right? So she's quite right. This is what was happening. Oh, they're having a big argument. The other spirits are saying, oh, the other spirits are higher spirits. They're saying, no, 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 fish is meat, you know, stay away from it. And my, my, my spirit's guy's saying, no, 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 that's not right. You know, they need to have protein. They need to have protein. Can't you see in his body? He needs to have protein. And the other spirit said, no, he doesn't need to have protein. That's an emotion, right? And so they have this big argument, right, going on, and she's trying to describe this argument. And then eventually it all calms down, and, and, and I, said, I, I said to her, well, actually, I think we'll take the advice of the other spirits, right? If that's okay, and can we just proceed with this, <laughs> with this channeling? And so uh, this is all on recording, which I can play to you at some point. And... Um, and then she started channeling some relayed messages from the higher spirit to her guide, then through her to, to us. Some of, and then she would stop and she'd go, hang on a second, no, uh, past lives, not past lives. Like she was starting to get really confused and she believes in past lives and then they're saying that, this, that, that I've only had one past life, that didn't make any sense to her. And, and so she's now trying to under, she's now explaining reincarnation to me, right? So, so she explains reincarnation to me, and I'm saying, no, 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 just channel what the spirit's saying to me. That's fine. I, I understand it all. You know, just, just do that. Can you do that? And so she gets back to that. And once she got into that, 
she starts channeling some really, really interesting information, which one day I'll play to you, about the 14 who have returned, what we'll be doing, like all these different things that I never told her anything about, and, and she just started channeling, channeling that information about the presentation of the two paths, the natural love path and the divine love path, the cutting off, the, what we talked about yesterday, the cutting off the celestial spheres, you know, the, um, and that process, and there quite a lot of things about all those things. This was five years ago, by the way. And, uh, and so the channeling turned out to be a really interesting channeling. But when I play it to you one day, because I think I should play it to you in one of these sessions, just so that you can get what's going on, I'll stop it and say what the spirits were actually saying and how it was modified through her emotion. Um, and you'll see how it all interplays then, as to how the emotions interplay with what's being said. And this lady, um, whom I love very dearly, I haven't seen her now probably for three or four years. I've saw, I saw her twice because she was a friend of John's before he passed and um, I haven't seen her since then. I've wanted to connect to her many times but the last time I saw her, what happened was I went to sit down with her and I said, I, I would like to speak directly with your spirit guide. And she goes, oh, that's fairly unusual. Oh, you know, and she knows who I am, like, or she thought she knew who I was, uh, would be the better way to put it, because she's been told by her spirit guide. So anyway, she sits down and she oh, okay, okay, that's all right. And so we start talking. And her spirit guide starts telling me, I, I ask the question, what sphere are you in? And she says, uh, I'm of a sphere too innumerable to mention, innumerable to, me sorry, to mention. Um, and I said, no, actually, you are in a certain location. And what I would like, there's a brighter spirit than you there, isn't there? Yes. Can you hear what they're telling you where you are? And, and there's a pause for quite some time. And, and, and she says, I don't want to say. Um, and she didn't say. And I said to them, they said to you the second sphere, didn't they? And then this lady, the spirit now, I'm talking to the spirit, and the spirit's becoming quite distressed. And I said, and you have some emotions about, and I started mentioning some of the emotions the spirit has. And by the way, this spirit is now on the divine love path in the spirit world and wasn't before our discussion. But um, she then started mentioning some of her emotions and within a few seconds just began uncontrollably crying. The spirit, her, the lady's guide. She just began uncontrollably crying and, and the medium by this stage is starting to get quite distressed because this is the first time in 25 years or something that she's ever had this guide who she believed was like in a very, very high spiritual condition, was crying and she, the lady, the medium, was hearing it. Right? So imagine that. Like you've been talking to someone for 25 years and, and now that someone who you believed in a very, very high condition and in fact this lady believed was above emotion actually was crying and you could see it. She was sobbing uncontrollably. And I was saying, does she want to talk anymore? No, I can't contact her. She's still crying. I said, and I just kept talking. I kept talking to her about trusting these, some of these two spirits, who, the celestial spirits who had come to assist her. 
And they, she, this lady did, the spirit did trust the two spirits who came to her sister. And, uh, but it was nearly one week before the medium could connect her guide again. And during that time, the medium had a lot of time to think about AJ. And what do you reckon she come up with? Bad for business. <laughs> yeah, she, she started feeling like, I don't know about him, you know, how come that happened? What kind of control does he have? And what kind of control over my life does he have? And, you know, she started going through a lot of quite strong negative emotions. And, and as a result, any contact that I tried to make with her after that, she wouldn't return my calls. So that was the last time that I actually saw that medium. Um, and interestingly enough, her guide progressed very rapidly. Uh, on the divine love path after that. And, but the guide can't connect with the medium anymore either. And the medium believes that I was the person who disconnected her from her guide of 25 years. So she sort of feels like I destroyed her friendship and her relationship with this guide. The reality is that if the lady on earth who had listened to all this channeling about me, like she's channeled to me directly that I am Jesus and yet still does not want to listen to anything I say. <laughs> and so uh, if she had listened to some of it, she could still maintain this connection with this guy. But she chose uh, not to listen to anything I say and instead she actually feels I'm quite evil now. That's the feeling she has about me. Now let's... Uh, You've been asking for a while. You got the mic on. Yep. Awesome. I think. Yeah. Um, you said something about when the spirit is confused and the medium, you can sense, feel. Is it that the medium actually feels confused, or they just sense? Often the medium will feel confused, and because they're so used to doing mediumship, they will start putting their own inflection in it. So, so what they will do is they'll fill in the gaps of the confusion of the spirit with them. And uh, this doesn't happen very often unless you start questioning the spirits. So most people, when they go along to a medium, they just listen. So there's very little questioning going on. So for, for, for like 99% of people going along to a medium, they're obviously, they just sit down, they listen to the, they get up and they go out and say, thank you very much, pay your money, right? And, and so there is very little challenge of either the medium themselves or the spirit in, in that kind of delivery. But if you go in there and actually, and I'm not saying to challenge them like in an in a, in a arrogant way, what I'm saying is you need to know who you're talking to if you can rely on the information you're receiving. And so, you know, that has to be able to be verified in some way. And there's been many, many cases of people not being able to verify who they're talking to because of all sorts of factors. And a lot of times the mediums themselves don't even know what those factors are. They just say, oh, for some reason I don't have a very good connection today. And they don't understand even why. So a lot of times it's about understanding what's going on. And the way you understand is by feeling the emotions of everyone involved. So if you can feel the emotion of the guide, you can feel emotion of the medium, then you know the interplay of what's happening and why the medium's having trouble transmitting particular information. So my suggestion is, if we want to develop your mediumship, you need to challenge yourself with these things. Does that make sense? So don't try to make it all furry and fuzzy and nice for yourself in this process. What you need to do is challenge yourself in this process. 
That's the whole goal of this. Challenge yourself and your own mediumship because you want to get rid of any emotion that actually prevents your mediumship from having 100% clarity. And the emotions that prevent it are, remember, in our most original discussion, one of the emotions is the emotion of the spirit who's connecting to you. Then there's a the law of attraction between you and that spirit. And then there's your own emotions. And then there's the law of attraction between you and the person who's come to you. And then there's the person's own emotions. And the mixture of all those emotions cause a certain flavour to occur. So when you came along to the group yesterday, you could feel this different, strange feeling that's different today, you notice, than yesterday, right, from the spirit world. So what was going on there? There's a law of attraction. Certain things were encouraging certain things. And to, to be frank with you, yesterday... Most of the negative stuff came from my own emotions yesterday, so sorry about that. But um, the, the law of attraction brought certain type of spirits along to project certain types of things at me and all of you felt those kind of emotions. Does that make sense? Um, it's the group of us together that make up the emotional signature, if you like, the collective soul condition of who will be attracted to us generally. So if the group of us together have a desire to connect to God and connect to divine love, then a lot of the spirits surrounding us are going to be spirits who are on the same path. If the group of us have a mixture of some of us want to go natural love, some of us want to go divine love, we're not that convinced at this point, we will attract a heap of spirits who are not that convinced at this point. Does that make sense? If we're a group of us have... Sorry? The group was 50-50 yesterday, yeah. Some was, there were divine love spirits there, obviously, because most of you want to connect. Then there was these other groups of spirits in really, really deep confusion and anger and resentment towards myself. And I'm going through some, a lot of unworthiness about all those emotions which attracted them and so forth, which caused a totally different spirit to be present at the group. And so it's important to understand all of these things when you're doing the mediumship, to understand this interplay, if you like, of all these different emotions going on. So as long as we understand that, we can now start to interpret what's being said to us from any medium. And the beauty of getting a recording is you can listen to the recording and you stop and say, no, I feel this was happening there, or I feel that was happening, I could feel this happening or feel that happening when I feel the emotions of the spirits or the emotion of the person involved. And you can describe things very easily. So you know that interplay I described originally of the the two spirits arguing about meat and whether you can eat it, the beauty of that event was that the lady was describing it verbally, what she was seeing, and at the same time I could feel emotionally what was going on, and it was so good because I knew exactly what was happening for the spirit who was relating these things. And to be frank, that also told me the condition of the spirit, who, who she was channeling. You see... If, she, if they didn't understand that eating meat was not harmonious with love, then what's their condition of love? Well, their condition of love was actually lower than many of your conditions of love in the room because many of you have stopped eating meat. Does that make sense? So, so obviously, there was a, there were, you know, straight away it defined, it defined her place or location in the spirit world. There were a lot of other things in her feelings, of course, which I addressed with her in the second visit. So what we want to do is help every spirit and every person and eventually, hopefully, help every natural medium understand what's actually going on in this interplay in the spirit world. That will actually make everything far more verifiable 
And instead of scientists poo-hooing the whole thing of mediumship, they'll have some very quantifiable and verifiable results based on the emotional conditions of each individual. And they can analyse these things with the help of psychologists and with the help of scientists and with the help of different experiments and we can actually prove the existence of the spirit world even if nothing else happened. Right now we could do this with the right tools, right? So that's, and of course that's one of the goals later is to prove all of those kind of things too. And that's one of the things that will be happening with you as a group as well, proving the existence of these things. Now, your emotions, and I keep saying this and I'm going to keep saying it every session, your emotions are the biggest impact upon your mediumship. Your emotions, the emotions that you have. So to be clear, you're going to have to start working through your emotions. Now, many people have said to me when they first saw, you know, the, you know, the introductory DVDs, the ones where I was speaking for a couple of hours and then Natalie did a channeling for a couple of hours, right? Many have said to me that they felt Natalie was in a state where she wasn't emotional. And that's very true. Natalie was in this very non-emotional state when she was channeling these people. For many people, they then felt like the channeling wasn't real. But the truth is that Natalie was channeling quite accurately. And the reason why she could do that in that situation is because she has the ability to just step back from her, from her intellectual requirements of, your, of the person and just say what they're saying. Does that make sense? And you can also develop that ability. Um, what I'm suggesting to you, though, is that you're not going to be effective helping the spirit or helping your audience if you do that. Because the audience will feel like you're disconnecting emotionally and the spirits are going to help feel like you're not transmitting emotionally the message that they feel. Does that make sense? So, so allow yourself to understand that that can be a state that you can use and many mediums in the, in the world are in that state where they do do that detuning quite effect or they actually allow, they step back from their body completely an hour and allow a complete trance-like effect, an overcloaking to occur. But your emotions still impact on the message. So even when you're doing trance mediumship, your emotions still impact on the message. Does that make sense? So certainly, Natalie's emotions impacted on the message. Does that make sense? Um, but because she steps back from her emotions during that time, the words coming out of her mouth are very close to the words that the Spirit's actually saying to her. Does that make sense? But her, because of her emotions being disconnected, you don't feel that the channeling is real anymore. Well, many of you have felt that. But I, I know that the spirit who was channeling in both cases was a real person. I could feel their emotions quite readily and know what their emotions were. And so that's why I could relate to them. Some of, them, some of you have heard channelings that I've done with Natalie uh, helping groups of spirits. There's a set of DVDs that haven't been published uh, based uh, about a Law of Attraction talk that I did and then after that I did a series of channelings with different groups of spirits, up to around 50,000 spirits, through Natalie and I was talking to groups of spirits and Natalie was just saying the words but I could feel these emotions of these spirits quite strongly and then so I could connect to them. What you will need to do if you want to be effective helping spirits is to actually connect to their emotions. They need help and the way they can get this assistance is by you understanding their emotions. 
once you understand their emotions, you can assist them. If you don't understand their emotions, you won't be able to assist them. Does that make sense? So let yourself be emotional. When you understand your emotions, you'll start understanding everyone else's emotions as well. Now, the next exercise I want to give you is going to help you to do this. One of the biggest reasons why we don't allow things to come through properly is because of fear. And I'll classify fear into lots of different categories, but we'll call it fear, doubt, misinformation, right? All those kind of things, fear, doubt, and misinformation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to email to you because our printout, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, didn't come out. So I'm going to email to you this outline, this outline of the exercise for the next month. The exercise for the next month is, uh, is going to be very confronting for you emotionally. The exercise is this. The homework involves purposefully connecting with your own fears and then trying to do mediumship or healing while you're in a state of fear. Huh? And then purposefully confronting the fear that you felt, releasing it in an attempt to release it, and then do another either the homework, which is either mediumship or healing, when you feel like you've released the fear. Do you follow me? Now the fear is this. I'm going to trigger your fear about me. Right? So what I've done is I've got two pages of very, these are actual comments that people have sent me um, or that, you know, over the internet or that people have made about me over the internet. Alright? And I've also given you some websites where there's some comments about me on the internet to have a look at. And these are all negative comments about me, all right? Most of them. So what I'd like you to do is purposefully access your true emotions about me. Now, when you read some of these things, um, it will create, hopefully, a lot of doubt in you that is already in you. Do you follow me? It will trigger the doubt and trigger the fear that is already in you. So I won't be surprised if only a quarter of you come back to the next lesson. <laughs> there are quite a lot of this. I've made 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 quotations, all of which have very damning things to say about me. Would you like to whet our appetites? I'll whet your appetite. Here's... Uh, um, I know now in my heart that you are not Jesus, nor are there any other 13 who have reincarnated as you have said. In fact, I feel strongly that no one has returned. You can believe whatever about yourself, but when you used our trust and friendship as gifts and love to you and projected your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs onto us, resulting in pain and sufferings, you have violated that trust and disregarded the love and gifts through friendship. Such words and actions were not love, but deception and lies masked with loving words and pretenses. Alright? That's one of them. Um, the man I got to know over the last two years is not the man that you know. He is now self-absorbed and I think compulsive in his behaviour towards Mary. There is something creepy about his behaviour when he is around her. And certainly... Although a small thing, cooking mushrooms for just him and Mary, not offering anyone else some, 
kind of sums up where this man is, and that is not loving, sharing or caring for anyone. If you're having dinner with five other people, that is very unloving to behave in that way, which he would never have done a few months ago. And to say that Mary must look after her body because it's his now really concerns me. I'm sorry. I was... <laughs> um, he is no longer that exceptional man who lived in such a loving way that he was an inspiration. I don't see that man anymore. Um, these are all just comments uh, uh, that people have made about me, who feel they know me, some of, which have, some of whom have spent almost a year with me. This is like your collection, is it? Oh, I've got more on the list. <laughs> I want to use them for a rainy day, you know. <laughs> Today's a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, sorry, I, I'm sorry I started laughing with that one because, because there, is, there are a lot of things that have been told back to me that I actually said as a joke to the person, but now they're actually... And they're, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I've just got to make the comments. I'm trying to create doubt in you. So you're just trying, so I'm not defending it. I'm not going to defend any of it. There are hundreds of people projecting anger at AJ every day. And so I thought, what's another one? And by then I was, by then I was really angry. Something was very wrong with what was happening. I've known this man for two years, spent seven months travelling with him, and, I thought, and although others thought that my nose was out of joint and I felt threatened by AJ and Mary's relationship, that's really not the case. AJ's son Tristan is in a great deal of fear about his father returning to Australia, and he also knows that his father is talking and has talked lots of untruths and is questioning what his father is doing right now. Um, AJ is not Jesus and he's playing a game, a very powerful game that I joined in. Anyway, that's just a few. Um, yeah, I could read more, but they're all in the list. Do you think that would be challenging? Jen. Can we have a microphone up there? Thanks. Thank you. If I was feeling anger because somebody was saying these horrible things about you, is that the capping emotion above the fear or is that just... The anger is certainly a capping emotion, yeah, inside of yourself. So, so some, of these, some of these comments that other people have made, you will feel anger. So I'm saying go with that. Anger is always a cover over of something else, isn't it? So you go with that and channel about me in that state. <laughs> and of course, I'm sort of thinking to myself, well, I don't know the context of these Doesn't matter. Just let yourself feel your emotions about, about what's being said. Okay, thank Just you. Just let yourself feel your emotions. So, so what I'm suggesting is allow your doubts and your fears about me to just come in at you. Do you follow me? And hopefully some of these things in the websites that I've mentioned, I've only found... Well, we can only find one website where there's fairly negative things said about me at this point. So, um, so you know, what I'm suggesting is allow yourself to check out all these things. Do you know what I mean? And allow yourself to feel the emotion of it, whatever those emotions are. Allow the doubt and the fear to creep in, right? Then do a channeling, or if you're a healer, ask yourself what my emotions are right now. So if you're a healer, 
The thing you want is a list of my emotions right now after you've actually um, read these things and connected emotionally and you start connecting to your doubts and your fears about me, right? Then spend the next month starting to really process the emotions of doubts and fears that you do have about me. Because many of you do have doubt and fear about me, but you're not allowing yourself to process it. Do you follow me? What you're doing is you're hoping that what I'm saying is true, but you're not facing some of the emotions you feel inside of you, which is, he might be wrong. He might be a charlatan. He might be lying. He might be, you know, whatever other might be there. Might, he might be delusions, you know? And you're not allowing yourself to feel those feelings. You follow me? And that is going to influence what kind of truths you can receive about me. And I want to illustrate that to you. Does that make sense? Allow yourself to collect, connect to those emotions about me that you really have, not the think ones you think you have about me. All right? Jen? Is it on? It needs to be on. Right up. Go on. Would you suggest in my case, um, I've already accepted you as Jesus, but I have a fear because you are. Um, the Can truth is that? you haven't accepted me as Jesus. You think you have. And there is a whole set of emotions inside of you right at the moment where you would like to argue with Jesus quite often. Right? So you need to tune into those and let yourself feel that. And whether that's anger with me or fear with me, tune into that. What I'm suggesting is tune into it purposefully. Do you follow me? And often your concept of me is totally different to what I am. You have a very religious concept of me still going on inside of you. Tune into that. Uh, no, it's still there. It is still there emotionally. So what I'm suggesting is tune into that. Does that make sense? Allow yourself to tune into that emotion. Um, Graham, you want to say something? You're grabbing a microphone. I just... <laughs> Mary wants to say something, so Mary can... Okay. And the man behind you wants to say something, if you want to tell uh, me. I was just going to say, when you're recommending to people to process their emotions, like their causal emotions won't necessarily be around you either. They'll be around um, some deep fears they have it'll, about yeah, their own life. It'll and be being all sorts of issues. All kinds of things. Yeah. That's right. So what will happen initially, if you let yourself tune into your fear and your doubt and all the misinformation that you're going to receive about me, Right? And you let yourself tune into all of that, right? Let yourself really just tune in. Don't worry about thinking about anything nice about me, right? Just tune into those emotions. That's what I'm suggesting purposefully. And let that bring up whatever is inside of you. And if you're a healer, ask yourself what emotions does AJ have inside of himself when you're in that state? And if you're a medium, channel about. From so your guides or whatever, or whatever spirits come along, channel about what you think, what you feel about AJ in that state. Does that make sense? Then what I'm suggesting is actually, instead of living in the fear or doubt or misinformation, now actually go and process that. In other words, there will be a causal emotion inside of you that causes this doubt that will be related to your life somehow. 
So there will be beliefs about God that you have that may be involved with this. There will be beliefs about Jesus and what you expect Jesus to be that will be involved in this. There will be beliefs about religion and what religion has done to you in the past that will be involved in this and the control and the manipulation that you've received at the hands of different people. There will be all of those things involved in this if you get into those fears. What I'm saying is get into those fears and dig underneath them and allow yourself to process some of that emotionally. You follow me? Allow yourself to process some of the grief you feel about being treated badly by religion. Allow yourself to process some of the grief and disillusionment you feel with God. Allow yourself to process some of the feelings that you have towards myself, you know, that you've been trying to run away from in the time we've known each other. And then channel or do the healing thing again and see what happens, see what comes up then. Does that, does that make sense to everyone, what I'm trying to say as, a, as an exercise? Can we go over here and then down to here? You can start, start with yourself first, you've got Mike. I, I just wanted to ask whether is it really important to know what you are or where you came from? I mean, I'm not the, suggesting it is. The, the, way, the way I look at it is, is what are you actually saying makes a lot of sense. Yep. And to me that's the only thing which is important. I don't really care. Where, where you came from or what you are or yep. it's not important but yeah but see already I've triggered your emotion see and that's the goal of this exercise the goal of this exercise is to trigger your emotion about me and the emotion that you the intellectual space you go into is mm. I like what I'm hearing from this guy in terms of love and truth and all those things it doesn't matter to me whether he's Jesus or not I can guarantee to you that every single person who's ever felt that, has, it has always mattered at some point whether I am Jesus or not. And it does matter to you somewhere inside of you whether I am or not. Because there's an issue of truth involved in this. Here I am spouting truth, so-called, and at the same time am I actually being truthful about my own identity? Because if I'm not, surely that's a core issue. So that is an issue emotionally that every single person at some point will have to come to acknowledge and deal with within themselves. Your intellectual skipping over of it, which is this th the thinking of, I'm hearing a lot of truth and it sounds really good and that's why I'm here, is actually intellectually skipping over that particular issue. The issue is, am I actually being truthful about who I am? But, but don't you think that your advice would be just as useful and, and uh, ins instructive without knowing anything about your background? And totally, but, but you're not going to have the same confidence of it if I'm actually lying about my own identity. See, if I'm lying about my own identity, I'm not preaching what I'm telling you. I'm not actually doing what I'm preaching. Does that make sense? So, so there is a big issue here. It's a big issue emotionally for every single person at some point it's going to have to face. We can skip over it intellectually and say it doesn't really matter. The truth is my identity doesn't matter in the big scheme of things, but it does matter that I'm saying I'm living in truth and I'm telling truth, but if I'm not living in truth myself, then I'm a hypocrite. That matters. That's a very important thing that matters. And at some point, all of us are going to have to get to a point of resolving that inside of ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mary, you wanted to... And also there's an emotion for this gentleman about a fear that you have a, you have a need for him to believe it. Yeah, and, and the truth there's is I don't have a need for you to believe it. Yeah. But so that's a trigger. That, that's a fear in you, that I do have a need for you to believe it. So go with that fear. 
assume that I have a need for you to believe it. Does that make sense? And allow yourself to be in that state when you do this exercise. Does that make sense to everyone? Allow yourself to go with these fears. That's what I'm suggesting. Go with them. Don't intellectually skip over them and say, oh, I, don't have, I don't need to have that fear. Go into the fear and actually live that fear while you're in this state. Live it for a day or two and then connect with what's underneath the fear. Yeah, well, it's worked in my case because you've tri triggered in me a great sense of sadness for you. And I'd just like you to comment on how you feel about all those people who you obviously had a very close connection with, very deep commitment, mm -hmm. have turned against you. I just feel really sad for you, I think, or is it me? Well, well, that's an emotion you need to allow yourself to go into. What I would like to do after the exercise <laughs> is actually describe how I dealt with these things that being said about me emotionally. Because I don't want you to commiserate with me at the moment, what I want you to do is to, to actually start thinking, well, maybe these things are true. Does that make sense? So, so I can describe to you at a later time, um, when we raise the issue with the next mediumship session, what I actually did to deal with those emotions. But I don't want you feeling nice, loving feelings for me at this point. What I want you to feel is what the actual doubt is and what the fear is and those kind of things. Now, if you can't get to that point, then maybe you don't have any doubts or fears. And if that's the case, go with your sadness emotion and see what you channel. Does that make sense? Or go with whatever the emotion that's there. But, but for many people, like many people say, oh, the reason why he's doing this, he just wants everybody to believe he's Jesus. Well, if that's what you feel, go with that. You follow me? Go with the feelings that come up as a result of even me raising this issue with you. Go with that. Because what I'm trying to do here is to show you or illustrate to you the effect of doubt and fear on your mediumship. And it's very important if you're going to be a good medium to understand that when you get into fear, you are now not a very good medium. No matter how good you are before then, you are now not a very good one because there's going to be lots of influences happening upon you that you won't understand unless you do this exercise. Does that make sense to everyone? So this is about having the courage to actually step into your fears, do some channeling in that state. Whatever those beliefs are that you have, you know, like the man who emailed to me recently saying, you are Alan John Miller, you are not Jesus, step into that state. Do you know what I mean? Then channel what my emotions are. Why do I have a need to think I'm Jesus? You know, maybe it's because I was an ex-Jehovah's Witness like 15 years ago like, and channel all these different things about, you know, all of my emotional state about, you know, how I'm so mixed up and I'm so messed up and all of those things. Really go for it, you know. Allow yourself to trigger your emotions. That's what I'm suggesting. Then go into the underlying emotion. So that, that's the trigger state. Then go into the underlying emotions that caused you to have so much mistrust of a person that actually has only ever given to you for free. Right? So go into those emotions then, because they won't, none of you, for none of you, or for very few of you, will have anything to do with me personally. It'll have all things to do with who, you know, Jesus is a concept, it will have things to do with uh, Christian religion, control, parental control people forcing you to go to church when you were little. It could have all sorts of emotional reasons why you feel this way. Can you see what I'm saying? 
allow yourself to start accessing some of those emotions. Now the reason why I'm suggesting this is because when you start channeling celestial spirits, they're going to want to be able to tell you every single thing they know. And to be frank with you, the majority of it you will not believe. So at some point you're going to have to deal with your fear about needing to believe and understand before you channel something. Does that make sense? And this is one way of confronting some of those feelings inside of you. And what we're going to do in coming exercises is confront some of these feelings about all sorts of things. So one of the coming exercises is also going to be about I'm going to make you so afraid I'm going to tell you all this false information about earth change events. Right? Then I want you to go away and channel about earth change events. And then I'd like you to deal with your fears about earth change events and then re-channel again and see what you get. Do you follow me? Right? I, I want to do the same with the aspect of death. Right? Because death is a big fear. And so if we can trigger some of these fears and start really pushing the buttons inside of you emotionally and allow you to get underneath these fears and into the actual causal emotion, you'll see the effect of releasing the causal emotion on your mediumship or on your healing, if you're wanting to be a healer or a medium. By the way, you can do all of these uh, exercises for your soul without being a medium or a healer because it will have the same benefit. Does that make sense to everyone, the purpose behind it? I'll, I'll just say a heap of things which, which uh, you'll believe to me to be speaking the truth about and I'll actually tell you later that it was all a joke. But you don't know when I'm going to do it. <laughs> Sorry, Karen, what did you say? Well, well, I'll have to probably hide my body language. <laughs> but anyway, well, I'm perfectly capable of telling a joke, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I am. <laughs> So, so what, what I want to do over the coming months is actually start really pressing some buttons inside of you that cause you to want to do certain things. Now, some of you have the desire to channel for me because you want my approval. But I'm going to trigger that because what I'm going to do is not give you any approval at some point. Do you follow me? So I want to press these. I said to you before we started these mediumship and healing sessions that they were going to be challenging. That's what I said to you. If you didn't believe me, I was telling the truth at that moment. <laughs> Joseph. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I've even got the names. Making Josh. me feel biblical. Sorry? Um, you, you made me feel biblical when you said Joseph. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That triggered me. I was just going to say, like, uh, what about the poor person who joins a mediumship session and they don't know that you're playing tricks on them? Well, I also said that the mediumship program is a program from start to finish. So at some point, any new person that joins us, what I'll do every time we send out a mediumship thing, which I'll send out after this break, I'll send you lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, and the next time I'll send you lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, lesson four, just in case you haven't got them and so forth. So if you go on the mailing list, you will get each lesson 
as it's coming out in the original so you'll know that it's a program. It's not just one session like all of our other sessions are. Now if any new ones come along, just explain to them, this is a program, it's not just one, one session. Does that make sense? So you can do that and I'll, I'll try to do that and remind, if you can remind me <laughs> to do that, that'd be good. I, I feel that um, this is about developing your soul condition, which is, a, which is like triggering the different things. Illustrate, trying to illustrate to you the effect of these different things on your soul and therefore on your communication with other souls. So that's what we're trying to do here. So I want to purposefully trigger your buttons. Like, so I'm not being nasty about it, I'm just warning you in advance that I want to purposefully push some buttons so that we can see what happens. Now some of you may get really upset and never come again, uh, and I'm sorry if that's the case, because you'll miss out on some really good information. But, but if that's what you want to do, that's fine. A lot of people think that I'm after trying to get a following for myself. I might read you one of those comments, if I can find it. Um, he has spent months and months saying to me that I do not love him if I doubt him, that he cannot be my friend unless I accept him 100% in every way and do what he says that I have to trust him completely. And where is the free will there, pray tell? And why does it matter so much to him? If you really are Jesus, maybe you would allow people to find out for themselves and not try to force someone into something they cannot do. So we'll see how you go with it. Um, the reason why I felt to do it with myself is because I didn't want you to do it and aim all your anger or resentment or fear <laughs> at anybody else. I'm happy to take that if that's how you go. So, um, so that's the reason why I've said it for myself. Also, it is an issue that many of you will need to face at some point in that whether I'm telling the truth to you about myself or not. And so it's a valid issue either way when you're listening to me. So hopefully what will happen is lots of fear will be triggered about me and then you'll all start wondering, boy, we put in some funds in that divine truth sanctuary thing and maybe AJ has got something to do with it and just let yourself go with that, you know, and let yourself be triggered with all those things as well and allow the emotions to come up and allow yourself to feel that place and then do the channeling. And then go deeper and find out what's underneath that place. And that's the important thing for you because that's your soul development. Right? Now one thing I'd like to say before we close tonight, because there's only another five minutes or so, is that many of you are projecting very, very strong feelings of neediness towards me and also at times towards Mary. Now um, sometimes the emotion of neediness coming from you is very, very heavy. And sometimes when I come into one of the sessions, I just feel like walking straight back out of the session uh, because it's so strong. My suggestion is to remember this one thing. You do not need me in order to develop your relationship with God. All right, so I'll say that again. You do not need me in order to develop your relationship with God. What you need is to know yourself and know God. All I am is the messenger of these truths to you. 
You do not need me to access your emotions. You need a sincere desire to access your emotions and a sincere desire for God. Do you follow me? Now, I'm not saying they come up and talk to me if, if that's what you want to do, but more and more over the coming months, I'm going to be facing you up with your own neediness. Right? Because it's a very, very strong negative projection that locks you down. Next week, you'll learn that it's an emotion of self-deception. You are deceiving yourself if you believe that you need someone else and you can't do it yourself. Can you see why? It's quite obvious, really, isn't it? Like, this is about your relationship with God. The only being in the universe you need to deal with any of your emotions is God. And, of course, the complete willingness to deal with your own emotions inside of yourself. So I'm going to encourage you over the coming months to disconnect from your neediness towards me and your neediness towards Mary and perhaps your neediness towards other people to commiserate with you because that in itself will confront many of your emotions that you're holding on to. And we will mention this again next week with the emotions of self-deception because it's part of that discussion. So my suggestion is I want you to become completely independent of me. What I want is for you to be completely dependent on God. Do you follow me? That's what I want to be and that's what I want for you. And the only reason why I'm giving you this information is because I want that for you. Because I feel love for you and I want that same thing for you. I don't mean that you have to do it. I'm just saying that that's what I desire for you. Now, in this process, you are going to find that you'll enjoy good relationships with all sorts of people, including myself. And I'm just your brother who has some knowledge that can assist you. Now, the knowledge that can assist you, I have already presented to you in these presentations. Many of you come up asking me questions that I've already answered in these presentations. Many of you come up asking questions because you believe, even though you've heard that presentation, you believe that your situation is somehow unique and that I need to understand it and then I'll be able to tell you something different. Does that make sense? Many of you have this belief. My suggestion to you is, no, I'm sorry, but all of us have the same mechanisms occurring. Although we have very different emotions, we have the same mechanisms of avoidance of dealing with these emotions. And I've already talked to you about them. Look at those things. So if you're finding out trouble accessing your emotions because of fear, look again at the fear discussion. If you're finding you're having trouble accessing your emotions because of anger, look again at the anger discussion. If you're finding you're having trouble and you don't really know why, look again at the emotions of self-deception discussion that we'll have next week. These discussions I've planned for you in order to show you what to do. But when you come to me for personal advice, a lot of times it is driven by this need to have someone understand you, personally understand your personal situation. And to be frank with you, I can't do that for six billion people. Right? Because you imagine our conversations, one by one, six billion people, that'd take a long time. Five minutes of conversation, five million times, six billion times five minutes is? Right. Yeah, I'll be here a long, 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 long time, right? 
before anything is resolved if we do it that way. Can you see that? What we need to do instead is for you to connect to God using the techniques you've been shown. Try to connect to God using those techniques. You don't need me to do that. You can do that based on these discussions we've got. And if you've got questions, we have question and answer sessions. Ask them. If you've got a personal question, ask the personal question in those sessions if you get the chance to do it. Every two months, I will have a question and answer session so you have that opportunity. Does that make sense? Josh? With the projection stuff, um, is, the, is it true the only way to stop us yourself from projecting an emotion, just say, you know, often I feel this neediness being, coming out of me towards you? Yep. And is the only way for me to stop that is to go right then in that moment into what's causing that? Yeah, my suggestion is sit down with that needy feeling and ask yourself, why do I need him? Because the truth is you don't need me. So why do I need him? What emotion am I expecting to get from him that I, that I want from him or her or any of them? will see it, by the way. What is the emotion I'm expecting from them? You'll find sometimes it's an emotion of validation. Sometimes it will be an emotion of, you know, um, wanting to be recognised, wanting to be heard, you know, wanting to be all sorts of things, right? Allow yourself to go back into that emotion and deal with that emotion. We'll talk more about how to do that next week and how to notice that you're in that emotion, those emotions next week. But do that. Because that often happens, I often feel bad immediately afterwards because I can't get to the... I don't feel like I can get to the cause of what's making that happen. Yeah. And, like, I just feel like every moment that goes on that I'm, I'm a bad person because I'm not dealing with my emotion right now. Yeah, see, God doesn't feel you're a bad person for not dealing with your emotion. So that's another false belief that's being confronted right at that moment. Does that but isn't the truth that we're projecting every moment right now if we're not processing, like all the injuries inside of ourselves we're emitting? Yes, you are, but don't punish yourself for it. See, the motion of punishment, we'll talk about punishment next week again. The motion of punishment is a self-deceiving emotion. What it does, it actually gets you out of finding what the underlying reason is, that you've, the underlying feeling. Now, most of us have been taught from the time we're very, very young to punish ourselves. You know, you naughty boy, don't you know that you shouldn't have done that? You know, how many times have you heard that when you were little? You naughty girl, you should feel ashamed of yourself, right? How many times have you heard that when you were little? You see? Now, what's happening there is you're actually being taught how to deceive yourself. That's what was happening in that instant. And what we need to do is stop doing that to ourselves. You need to stop these programs that other people have taught you to produce towards yourself. Right? And the only way to do that is to recognise, hang on a sec, I'm punishing myself now and I am getting away from the real emotion. What's my real emotion? So, for instance, when you have a needy emotion projected at me, if you allow yourself to sit with it, you will find that often is you want approval of someone who you feel respect from because that will give you a feeling of you're respectable. Or, you know, there could be all sorts of reasons. You might want to feel like somebody wants you, right? Because you feel unwanted and unloved. But the truth in that moment is, from God's perspective, it's still unloving that I'm projecting at you. 
in that moment? Well, no. It's, it's, remember I had a discussion recently about when we were in anger and how the, the actual most amount of the emotion that's projected occurs when you're in total denial of the emotion. The least, the least amount of projection occurs when you're totally experiencing the emotion. And in between there, remember I said there are gradients. You know, like in between. The first gradient is I recognise I have the emotion. At that moment, I am now projecting less of the emotion than I was when I was in total denial of the emotion. Can you see what I'm saying? So even the, emo even the being aware that I have an emotion is actually a better place to be. I'm still projecting the emotion, but being aware that I have it is a better place to be than not being aware that I have it at all. So you need to allow yourself to give yourself slack in this process. You're not going to get from total denial to total experience in one foul swoop in most cases. Because I, I think everyone's sort of got this idea that you've got to be living totally in harmony with love now for us to access. Is, is that true? Like to be accessing that emotion you have to be living and that means no proje negative projections at anyone. The, the moment you access a core emotion will be the moment with that particular emotion you're in total, totally in love with that emotion. That'll be the, t that'll be the moment. Until that time, it takes time to get from the state of total denial. There's often, often a lot of intellectual blocks, then there's a lot of emotional blockages that I've got to work through, and, event and I'm, each time I'm working through these, I'm actually projecting less, and that's good. So don't think that you've got to go from there to there. If you had to go from there, the bad place, if you like, we call it, to there, the perfect place, in one moment, then there'd be no one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven spheres. So there'd be actually seven places in the universe that wouldn't exist. Because they wouldn't need to exist because everyone would be able to go from one to eight in a moment. The truth is that can't happen. So that's why these other spheres exist because we're actually learning lessons each time. And as long as you have a seeking heart and as long as you have a strong desire for God's love, you will always get there. So give yourselves a break. I don't think mean give yourself a break from your emotion. I mean give yourself a break from the self-punishment. Right? Self-punishment, what that does is it adds to your burden. What it does is double up your emotions. So you've got to go through this barrier of self-punishment, which is actually a deceiving emotion, into the real emotion every time. Stop doing that. You don't need to have the self-punishment emotion. The self-punishment emotion comes from causal emotions underneath the self-punishment. Self-punishment is your excuse that you use to not deal with an underlying causal emotion. So look really sincerely at that. And I'll say a lot about that next week in the Emotions of Self-Deception talk. Anyway, it's time for us to uh, finish and pack up. So uh, we have to be out by five. So if we can pack up fairly rapidly, that would be good. Thank you very much for your time today. And to all those who came up, please. I just too would just like to thank all of you for your donations and also all of those people who have assisted in setting things up each time and, and dismantling things. And in the future, groups will be getting much larger and I feel that's going to happen quite soon. And so what I'm going to be doing is setting up little departments of people. So what I'd like you to do is have a think about whether you'd like to be involved in a voluntary basis of setting up certain things. So, and I teach, we teach you how to set up the sound system or, and, then, and then teaching other people to do these things. Because in the end, we'll need to have like a little department called a sound department and a little department 
called a like cleaning department and a little department called, you know, the venue setup department sort of thing, in order to get things organised because because um, over the coming year or two, it's going to start growing. So what I would like to do is prepare some of you to be able to manage that at a at a sort of a management level using the divine love way. So uh, so have a think about what parts of setting up or dismantling might interest you. Oh, what I'm going to do is actually have a meeting with everyone and myself and Mary will actually be doing that together and we'll have a meeting with everyone of what each sort of department will be about and who would like to be involved in it. So that's what we'll be doing in the future. Peter? I want to be in the department getting rid of troublemakers. Getting rid of troublemakers. <laughs> there's no department. And in fact, that's a law of attraction. So that's, that's, uh, there's no department of that. In fact, what we'll be doing is we'll be, for those who are interested, what we'll be doing is actually talking about a lot of the principles involved in managing, managing, if I could use that in quotations, people. And, uh, and you will find that we'll be very focused on all the principles you've already been taught. For instance, the law of attraction, if you get a, you know, if you're one of the department persons who's responsible and you get a person who's a helper who wants to take you over all the time, that's your law of attraction, right? And we'll show you how to deal with all of that. So, so it'll be very interesting too for your own soul growth uh, to work through a lot of those issues. So that's what's coming up as well. But thank you very much for uh, your time today. And uh, I look forward to seeing many of you next week as well. Cheers, guys. <laughs>